everybody wanted to feel bad for me. And, that, and rightfully so, right? You know, I'm a 15 year old kid, but the, when people felt bad for me, I got, I got angry. Mm. I'm like, what makes you think like, I'm not going to recuperate from this? What makes you think my life is over from this? Why are you treat me that way? Mm. And you know something that like, it made me angry. Like it really did. It was like, I, I didn't say anything to anybody because I was more on the quiet side, but it was like, that made me angry that people treat me like that. But that inspired me to like, I'm going to show you. I'm like, there's no, there's no way, but the society put it on me that I was supposed to like, my life is over. This poor kid, he's not going to end up anywhere in life anymore. And he has ADHD and you know, he's just really screwed at this point. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's no hope for this dude. What's up guys today. I've got uh, Dominic with me. He's one of the PCCs over at Merrick health and Dominic, somebody who I developed a relationship with pretty, pretty quickly on. I'm I usually in my life have tried to cling to guys who are older than me, who have a lot of the attributes and characteristics that I look to hopefully embody myself as a man. And Dom just stood out to me right out the gate. You know, we would, we meet before we have patient exams together and a few times when patients no show, I love that actually, you know, I lose money, but I get to talk to Dom. So I, I learned a lot of experience and knowledge from Dom. So I wanted to definitely bring him on and hopefully have him as a uh, very occurring guest here. But anyways, it's a brief introduction to Dominic. Just want to introduce you guys all. And how's uh, it going, thank man? You. Thank you, Dr. Hoshkis. You know, it's uh, funny. Uh, you know, I feel the same way about you, man. I get inspired by you. You encourage me. And, and I'm kind of humbled by that comment. So I, I appreciate it. So, yeah. And, and I always enjoy those times that people don't show up. I know. It's always like, yeah, I guess that's why we just... Yeah, I got so much to talk to you about, man. <laughs> exactly. That's why we just need to get you on more so we can do this and then actually still make some money too. Because every time I'm like, shit, we should have just called that patient and, and I got them here. But I really enjoyed getting to talk to Dom. So well, we've had, I mean, how many good podcasts we probably talked about in those half hours, you know, just honestly, talking. yeah, you talking is, I think, the impetus of the Atlas hours because you were like, dude, we could have recorded that at that, that like time that we talked. That should have been a podcast. And then eventually we just jumped on it. Yeah. And, and, you know, so it's such a, like a, an honor and a pleasure to be able to work with so many great people, uh, like patients that come to Merrick and, and you get so many different circumstances, but a lot of times there's similarities between people. And, uh, but there's so much content there because, you know, when you see things reoccurring and people struggling with the same things over and over and over again, and it's like, those are really good podcasts for people to hear because, you know, some of the simple solutions within that people are really struggling with on a day to day basis. And a lot yeah. of people struggle with this stuff continuously, and they don't really know who to turn to. And a lot of people, I mean, I can't tell you how many get how many like patients have come along. And they said it took me months to get to this point. You know, I've been thinking about this a long time, it took me a long time to get here. So I can't imagine how many people have been entertaining this and they have been holding in, you know, the things that they're concerned about, all their, you know, their their fears or, you know, and a lot of guys don't like talking about their issues. Yeah. You know, guys don't true. like talking about their problems. We get a lot of guy, female and male patients, but, you know, men and, and women, they don't like to talk about the things that are personal to them. No. You know, not many guys are just like, hey, guys, you know, you don't sit there and have a beer with your buddy. So how's your libido? Exactly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, you don't really get to talk about that stuff. You want to kind of just always think that everything's great when you're amongst your buddies and everything's going good. But, you know, yeah. and then we, I feel like we've seen a trend too, where like a lot of guys have normal issues that all of us have had. But I think for some reason, this generation kind of feels like they're unique that like they should never have a bad day. I feel like a lot of our talks have been like that. Like, 
you know, we'll see a guy with perfect labs and then we're reading his symptomatology. Why is he coming in? And it's stuff like, I'm not motivated to go to the gym. Uh, you know, I'm tired and we're like, shit, man, me too. And, you know, you have a, a history in the fitness industry and you've kind of seen it all. And so I'm always picking your brain as to like, what are things that you've done to, you know, get past that to, you know, motivation. I always tell people is fleeting. I'm not motivated. I haven't been motivated to work out in probably three years or more, you know, I'll be motivated for a day. I get a, a cool new pair of shoes and I'm like, yeah, sick. I feel good. Let's go work out in these. And then the next day they're old shoes and I'm not motivated anymore, you know? Um, so yeah, we, we talk a lot about that. And I feel like that is a new thing with this generation is like, everybody expects every day to feel great. And they're like, everything should just be super easy. And we were just talking about, you know, like people's attitudes towards things, like people just expect things to happen for them with minimal work. And, you know, I don't know. There was, there was an old song. My mom used to sing the, the song to me. Like mama used to say that well, mama would say there's going to be days like these, you know, yeah. and it's like, it always sticks in my head is like every time, I mean, you, you can wake up any day with a different feeling. I mean, your feelings are going to change on a moment to moment basis. You don't know what you're going to dream about. Yeah. You know, I've had dreams of my wife doing things that I would never imagine she'd ever want to do. And I wake up and not <laughs> in a good mood. I had you know, that today. Up, yeah. This morning, three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, Oh my gosh, man, is she still there? Like, oh. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This morning, uh, Josh is coming in right now, but this morning I dreamt that Victoria was leaving me. I was like, it was awful. Yeah. I always wake up with the, the worst feeling. What's up, Josh? What's up, fellas? What's going on, man? Sorry. I'm like, yeah, we were just right. talking about feelings and emotions that people go through on a day-to-day -day basis. We were talking okay. about having dreams and Dom said he's had dreams of his wife doing terrible things. And I said, I had one this morning. Uh, I woke up. Well, I, we, we woke up early. We had breakfast and stuff and we wanted to go to the gym a little bit later than normal. So like, let's just go back to sleep, which is the beauty of weekends. That's what we do sometimes. And when I did though, I had this dream that she was like, I don't, it was so weird. You know, dreams never make sense, but I was like looking at our dresser and it was all like fucked up. And I was like, oh damn, the dresser's all fucked up. And she's like, yeah, that, that what happened when I tried to move it or something like that. I'm like, why are you trying to move it? And she's like, yeah, I'm leaving. And I'm like, wait, what? And I woke up to that. Like, <laughs> she had to come over and hug me. She's like, I'm sorry, but dreams will mess you up, man. I, or like, yeah, I'll have like a dream that she cheats or something and all day long. I'm, I feel like it's in me. I have to tell myself not to. Yeah, it's like bizarre on a day-to-day -day basis. You can wake up with different feelings where you go through different feelings. You can be going on your way to work or on the way to the gym. Someone cuts you off or just gives you the finger for no reason at all. You were just changing the station on the radio. You might've did something silly and they give you the finger and start melting off to you. And all of a sudden it triggers a feeling in you. But no matter what happens on a day-to-day -day basis, you're still going to do what you have to do on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis. You got to work out every day. You got to do all this stuff. It's like, all, it, it, and in people like you're saying like the people in this generation they think on a day-to-day -day, they're supposed to feel like they want to do something every day and that's not just not the case yeah. no one feels like doing like i guarantee you, very seldom you feel like doing stuff no you know, today i went to the gym and i, I didn't feel like getting up I, I dragged up today and i i didn't feel like jumping in that cold shower man i didn't feel like it and i was like okay don't don't go in there don't go in there and i just walked right in you know it's it, yeah it, it, do that cold shower. And because I didn't want to be in there, I stayed in there longer, you know, like shut up. You yeah. Know, <laughs> you know, like, and it's like, okay, stay in there. And then I got, end up going to the gym and I didn't want to go work out. So I just, you know, warmed up for a half hour, did a bunch of things and ended up having a great workout. 
Exactly. And, and then when you leave, you feel amazing. And that's the thing is like people like us or, you know, people that work out and do this stuff regularly, you, you learn, it's not, you don't do it because you want to do it. You do it because you know, you need to do it. And then you see the result of it long-term. Yeah. And for me, I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm like, wow, okay, cool. That was a good decision I made a long time ago. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had this discussion yesterday, Josh and I, that like, you know, it's the years I was telling Josh that I was listening to a bodybuilder talk and he said, it was like profound to me. I was like, this is perfect. I wish everybody could hear this. Cause he said, uh, he said, it's not any special drug. It's not any special workout, no special food. What it is, is that I had one day where I ate perfectly. I trained perfectly. I recovered perfectly. I supplemented perfectly. And then I repeated that day for thousands of days in a row. And that's where I got how I am, you know? And I'm like, that's exactly right. Like, you know, it's, it's nothing one thing special. You can have a like a pretty subpar routine. You can have a subpar diet, but if you just have consistency and you continue to do things, you know, day after day after day, you chip away, eventually you end up having great success. And you know, this is another thing too, is like, you think of the guy that maybe don't work out or maybe let himself down many times, was going to go to the gym on Monday and then come Wednesday, he's going to wait till next Monday. And then, you know, Wednesday's not a good day to start. So we're going to wait till next Monday and it's always next Monday, but they never actually get around to doing it. So they let themselves down time and time again, but they don't understand that there's, there's always tomorrow. You have to get up and do it again. And you can turn that around at some point or another. And people don't have the confidence. They can say, Hey, you know, that's good for you, Adam, man. You're so disciplined to do this stuff. That's the type of person you are, but I was born this way. My dad's this way. My mom's this way. I'm genetically prone to be this way. And, yeah. you know, and they think that there's, there's something wrong with them, but not knowing that they too can get up, do it. They can fall on their face. They can have a sub perfect day and strive for tomorrow to be a better day mm -hmm. and just better than they were yesterday. And it's like, if, if you improve 1% per day, I mean, what's, what does that look like over a course of a year? Yeah. You know, it's like just 1% better. I'm going to be better than I was, you know, yesterday. And you see those stories. I mean, you see a little guy that was, you know, 400 pounds and, you know, you'll see a TikTok video of a time and all of a sudden he's like, and it's like, and those are so inspiring, you know, and people that have like more disadvantage, I think those stories are so much more encouraging and inspiring than oh, yeah. anything else because it really throws hope in, out there. And that's one thing, especially today, man, I think that's one of the things that we're losing as a society is we're losing hope, we're losing faith, we're losing Same. just basic principles and fundamentals that, you know, America was built on, you know, yeah. or just, and it's like, you know, those stories, those inspiring stories that they're important, man. Yeah. So. And I think another good thing on what you're saying too, Dom, is for people just to realize that progress isn't always linear, right? Yeah. Like it's not going to be that hey, for the next five years, if I do follow this routine, it's just I'm continuing to climb that ladder. You may have to take five steps down that ladder to progress to whatever that next level is. And I think that's something else that is hard for people to grasp with nowadays is that there are going to be times that I just have to deal with setbacks and know that that's part of how I'm actually going to progress. I got to move backwards to go forwards because we all just want the instant gratification of what I'm doing is giving me that positive feedback. And obviously the three of us know that's just not how it works long-term. Yeah. There was, there was a situation how I, I mean, this is probably one of the, one of the best decisions I made on early, early on is uh, it, it was kind of stemmed from a, a painful place, so to speak. You know, my sister was dating a guy that wasn't, you know, 
probably the best guy. And I heard he, I heard he hit her. It turned out that I don't think he did, but I was scared of this kid. He was like three or four years older than me. I was scared of him. He was known to be a tough kid in the neighborhood. And I was like, well, I have to do something about it, man. That's my sister. <laughs> So I went and I think it was 160 pounds at the time. And I went and I fought this kid. I see him and I fought him and it turned out all right. But what happened was I gassed out. I gassed out really fast. I did good because he gassed out too. So we kind of neutralized the situation and <laughs> I'll take care of it. But really stuck in my head. Like, I don't ever want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to have to like, this was something I felt like I was morally responsible for. And I, number one, I was terrified in which, you know, I, I overcame something from that, but then not being prepared for a situation like that, mm-hmm. I, I, that really sat on me really hard. And I went to the gym and I, I remember signing up to the gym and I worked out before. I was always an athlete. I, you know, work out here and there, you know, go to the, you know, the gym at school and bench with your friends and see how much you could throw on the bar and, you know, probably doing everything wrong, but never consistently. But I remember joining the gym at 20 years old. I was 160, 165 pounds. And I said, okay, and I was 20. I said, by 25, I want to be 185. I was already lean. So I didn't even think of body fat because I was already skinny, you know? So it was, but I was like, I want to be 185 pounds. You know, I want to put on, you know, 20 pounds, 25 pounds of muscle by 25. And you know something? By allowing myself that is that I was able to fall, get up, but I stayed consistent. Not every day was perfect. Yeah. Not every time I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Not every time I, I understood the exercises or didn't make a fool of myself at the gym or trip over a weight in the gym in front of everybody, make it little or hit, you know, just all the stupid things that go along. But I had this idea that this is where I want to be at 25. Because if I was 25 years old, I mean, it, it, at that weight, I'm 5'9", that would be where I want to be. And it, it allowed me kind of a little grace as far as the learning. And I ended up getting there 23 years old. And I, and it just really taught me something, but more what I learned, you know, when you, a lot of people work out for aesthetic reasons at first, because they want to look good, right? I want to feel good, but you know, you and I both, all of us know that what you learn about yourself by working out is it's, it's priceless. Oh, yeah. It goes so far beyond what you look like. I literally just said this yesterday to Josh. I was saying that, uh, I was in yesterday doing a workout with like a superset lateral raise. And I was thinking scientifically, this superset is stupid as hell. And it's not going to increase any more hypertrophy than just a normal, you know, max set of 10. Like I'm sitting here doing 30 reps because it burned like a motherfucker, you know, and I was having to dig deep. And I was thinking like, what I'm gaining here has nothing to do with the muscles. It comes with the mental toughness, like your cold shower. I've been, I've been seeing so many like haters online, like PhDs and, science evidence-based like talking shit about Huberman because the research doesn't really say that I you know cold baths are as profound as he says they are but you know what's profound as fuck that's way outside of the literature is putting yourself into an uncomfortable situation you know like you did this morning you didn't want to do that and you were in a benign controlled environment to where you could expose yourself to something uncomfortable and benefit from that that way that when you're in that, that situation in life where shit gets bad, you're going to be able to tolerate it so much better because you've trained for that, you know, in my opinion. So that it like, who cares about the science of like brown fat and thermogenesis and all that, you know, no, it's like the mental toughness that you build from that is crazy. And that's what I felt about like the lift, you know, I'm like, this isn't going to build my delts any more than just doing a straight nine set of nine or 10 or whatever. 
but I am sitting here wanting to quit at like rep 10. I still got 20 more to go and every single one is going to hurt. And that's going to make me a stronger human being. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's funny you say that because I've been doing the cold showers for about two years now and I didn't do it based off science. I did it based off of F you to myself. Because <laughs> what I, I want to get up early in the morning. I do get up early in the morning, but I want to read before I go to the gym. And man, I can't read without falling asleep. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, wow, like you get up at four, three, four o'clock in the morning. And it's like, okay, like I'm going to really take control of this. And you start reading, and like, uh, you know, yeah. I just get comfortable on the couch. That's all I do. So that was kind of my reason for a cold shower. And it's just like, get up and take a cold shower. And I've been doing it for almost two years now. And I almost made a YouTube video about all of what I've gained off of cold showers. And I was going to be like, that's it. I just get up and take a cold shower. I don't know. Like, I don't notice that I got like less body fat or I'm not the scientific reasons behind it, but I really challenge myself to get up and it wakes me up in the morning. And it's, it's got to a point where if I don't take a cold shower in the morning, I feel like I, I I'm a weak. I, I just, I, 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 I wussed out for the day, yeah. you know, and, and it like the psychological aspect, like you said, that mental toughness, to put myself in that situation at the first moment of the day, three, four o'clock in the morning. It's like, to me, one of the best decisions I've ever made to start taking on that path. Yeah. And, and I've also learned in jujitsu, a friend of mine, you know, doing jujitsu, it's like, you have to learn to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Like when someone's smothering you or just like, you get some guy that for me, like I had a guy 270 pounds on me, smothering me. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is horrible, horrible. And he's a white belt. And so it's even dangerous. And it's like <laughs> this big muscle bound 270 pound white, white belt. Like, oh, right. And it's just, but learning to just relax, learning to relax where it's uncomfortable and knowing that this will pass as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this moment's going to pass. He's going to move. He's going to make a mistake. And then I'm going to escape. You know, it's like, it's it's all just learning to be comfortable. And then exactly. like reps, man, that's huge. When you know when you're doing 30 reps and you're burning yeah. it 10 already, like, oh gosh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what like CrossFit taught me. You know, when I did CrossFit, it's like the first two minutes in, you're already dead. And then you're like, this is a 15 minute workout. You know, I've got 13 more of those terrible minutes that I just did. And you just have to be like, all right, here we go. Like I'm going to now, like they say, embrace the suck. You're literally about to just hang out in it. Like this hurts. Let's hang out in it for a little bit, but it makes every other aspect of life so much better. And so I don't give a shit if there's not randomized controlled trials saying that it's better in some way. If we can't figure out the neural pathway, I know that it's made me a stronger human being, you know, like, you know, you talked about your cold shower, you now are, you've exposed yourself to stress. You know how to deal with it. What if all hell breaks out, you know, and there's some chaotic situation in life. I feel like you're probably going to be able to handle that better because you have develop neural pathways to deal with your stress, compartmentalize things, know that, you know, you can stay calm and collective in a certain situation. You know, I mean, that's why we train our military in that way. We make them highly uncomfortable, like Navy Navy SEALs, you know, they get wet and sandy. They have to go get in the the water and then roll around on the sand. There's no increased like tactical benefit to get wet and sandy other than it makes you highly uncomfortable. And if you're ever on a battlefield and you're wet and sandy, you're just going to chill. You're not going to be a little bitch about it. You know, you're going to excel. You're going to beat the enemy. Yeah. It's funny you say that too, because I have one of my best friends, he's a Navy SEAL and about 15 years ago, he went homeless in LA. This kid is just, he shredded, but you know, he never let anybody know he's homeless. He just had 
everything go wrong that could go wrong and he couldn't recuperate for a couple of years he was homeless and he was sleeping in a plane hanger and he wow. had he had access to a hose for a shower every day he was a personal trainer he was training in a high-end you know uh, uh complex where with all celebrities there. he was the trainer and he looks diesel like you wouldn't believe this guy how great a shape he's in but no one ever knew he was homeless and every day he would take a shower and he would tell me he's taking a shower in the hangar with the hose. And I remember thinking at that time, this is like before cold showers, before cold plunges that I've ever heard of, you know, I'm like, this guy is just taking a shower with cold water every day. And he never complained about the cold water, but it was something in my head. I'm like, how's he doing that? Like, how do you take a cold shower every day? Like awful. And for him, like, and he's a Navy SEAL. I mean, he's a former yeah. SEAL and, and his mentality, like it's just a non-break non-negotiable mentality in the circumstances he went through no one knew he was going through it he never missed a workout he never missed taking care of himself he never missed a meal he never missed anything he did what he had to do and he got through it and just and it was for me just you know i did lose contact a little time when he was in there but just seeing how he come on the other side was incredible you know he came out a better martial artist than he went that's where he was going for his escape he just you know so do you do any cold showers, Josh? I should do more now that I'm listening to both you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like really. that story a lot, though, Dom, just especially the humility to not let other people know that you're going through something like that. Because yeah. um, right nowadays, a lot of people like they like to hang their hats on if they have something to kind of fall back on. Oh, I've got this working against me, but it takes a pretty special person to lean into that basically be like, I don't even want anybody to know this about me because it's not a valid excuse in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I think with, you know, culturally, I think we're kind of split over people that want, you know, you know, to someone to feel sorry for them mm-hmm. and others that want to kind of stand up and the people that are trying to stand up and show that you got to kind of just, you know, bite down and, and and suck it up and make the best out of your circumstances, whatever those circumstances are, those people are kind of getting shut down and silenced and they just promote the feel sorry for your attitude. And it's just culture. It's not good, man. And, and, you know, the, the, but that's kind of coming, you know, there's just this, the, this split with people, yeah. you know, and it's like, man, we have to, especially men, you know, women too, but men, we have to be men. You know, I, I feel like I was on the, you know, on the, the birth of the the uh, the metrosexual kind of you know let's be more feminine like understand women more i was like i was like leading part of that group leading it and shaving my chest and i was you know it's like and you learn later on it's like man you know it's just men be men and women be women we are well, different we're, we need each other you know yeah we can do a combo of the two right i can still yeah. have a shaved chest and be a man at the yeah, same yeah. time well it's funny <laughs> I like i know now. Oh, nice. <laughs> Josh and I were talking about this over the last weekend. We were all together, like, and I was just talking about this with Victoria this morning. Things have changed so much. Like, I used to consider myself to be very liberal. Shit has gotten so crazy. I feel like I have stayed the same. And now, what I was once liberal is now seen as conservative. And the same way with like that, I was talking to her about with the evidence based community. Like, I haven't changed my love and science and the fact that I need things to be proven by science before I really dive into them. But like the evidence-based community is getting ridiculous too, just like the liberals and conservatives to where like now I feel like I'm some naturopathic hippie, like woo-woo guy, just because I say things like cold showers might be beneficial. And they're like, no, you know, if there's no randomized control trial on this and they fucking spew off, you know, a bunch of science and like, you know, it just, people are so crazy with everything, man. 
it, it is bizarre. It's like, like you said, man, I, I, I grew up in Massachusetts in Boston, like liberal capital, yeah. you know, and I lived in LA and it's like, you know, I was, you know, probably I'm definitely more conservative, but maybe lean more conservative, but always had liberal people around me, but it's not, it, it's just kind of, we were still all on one accord. We just might've had a little different way to get to where we all wanted to go. But now it's like just total polar opposites. If you stayed the same, if you're the same for the last 15 years, you're definitely a conservative. Yeah. No matter, where you, were, no matter yeah. where you were. 100%. You could, you I was like, so far on the left 15 years ago, if you just stayed there, you're a conservative now. That's what yeah. I think happened to me because I was like, whoa, all of a sudden, like, holy shit. Like things like, I don't know, just funny jokes are now completely, you know, that's you're insane, crazy commie or not communist, but Nazi Republican. If you find some things funny, you know, I'm like, what the yeah. fuck just happened? Yeah, it's exactly. crazy. Like, right. uh, yeah, I woke up one day and I guess I'm a staunch Republican because, you know, because I'm a San Francisco liberal or used to be, you know, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, the it's it's nuts. And then the whole like putting a title on things, something I've been thinking about, too. Like I listened to I think it was Chris Williamson. I think he's got a podcast. Love to have him on one day. It's great. He was talking. It was like, you can be sad and not have depression. You can have experienced trauma and not be, not have post-traumatic, you know, PTSD. Like so many people put a freaking label on everything. Like you have a bad day and you're like, I'm depressed. And then that becomes your title. And this goes back to what I wanted to comment on earlier, Don, when you were talking about the person who says, I'm not that individual. I'm not like you, Adam. I don't go to the gym. I got, you know, blah, blah, blah. What you title yourself as has such a profound effect. And that's a, uh, I know, Josh, have you read, um, was it Atomic Habits or have you, Dom? Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with it. I haven't read it. And yeah, Atomic Habits, amazing. You mentioned two things from there that he talks about. But the biggest one that I like is that to develop a habit, you need to change your identity. And so he talked about, if you're that person who says, I'm fat, I'm out of shape, I'll never be the person who works out. Literally, all you need to do is tell yourself, I'm fit, I work out, I go to the gym, change your identity. That's what I did. I mean, the day that I started working out, I changed everything. I got a whole new wardrobe. I cut my hair. I fit the, you know, I bought a gallon jug. I wasn't big enough to be walking around with a gallon jug and a cutoff, but I put them on, you know, I'm like, I'm this person now I go to the gym. Now I've got back in, I don't know, it was early two thousands. The Puma shoes were cool. Like I bought those, you know, I was this person now <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm going to have that. So I think that's a huge part is develop that identity but it can work on the negative too. If you're somebody who says I'm depressed, like you become depressed, you know, I've got PTSD instead of just working through it. And I don't mean to downplay people who have actual clinical issues, which a lot do, but these days we're so quick to give everybody a goddamn diagnosis. You yeah. don't like school when you're in first grade and all of a sudden you have ADHD and you're medicated for the rest of your life. That's every single kid, every, all three of us would have been medicated going through because Literally, if you want, if you would rather play outside than listen to the teacher, which is 100% of kids in first grade, you now are diagnosed with ADHD and put on drugs. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm old enough to be part of that generation where you, if you had ADD or ADHD, you were just dumb. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or you were just told to shut up. Yeah. You were like, pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention in class. He's always daydreaming. Yeah. You know? 100%. If I, I have my old report cards, every single one will say likes to like, you know, can't stay on task, likes to talk to others. And that was just like, you would get in trouble when you got home. Why are you talking to Jimmy so much? Sorry. I won't do it. You know, like, yeah. 
being a kid basically exactly i was just a kid like you just talk and that's what kids do and so whenever i hear like oh my kid's got adhd he's not doing well in class he's talking too much he's having outbursts i'm like so was every other kid it's crazy you said a couple of important things that i feel like you know uh, sculpt my life for sure my mom died when i was 15 years old and one of the things that made me most upset about that i mean she didn't die suddenly we knew she was going to die when she died she died of cancer and uh, yeah, it's a traumatic situation. We went through a lot of like family challenges at the time, but when she, everybody wanted to feel bad for me and, I, and rightfully so, right? You know, I'm a 15 year old kid, but the, when people felt bad for me, I got, I got angry. Mm. I'm like, what makes you think like, I'm not going to recuperate from this? What makes you think my life is over from this? Why you treat me that way? Mm. And you know, something that, like it made me angry. Like it really did. It was like, I, I didn't say anything to anybody because I was more on the quiet side, but it was like, that made me angry that people treat me like that. But that inspired me. To like, I'm going to show you, I'm like, there's no, there's no way, but the society put it on me that I was supposed to like, my life is over. This poor kid, he's not going to end up anywhere in life anymore. And he has ADHD and you know, he's just really screwed at this point. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's no hope for this dude, you know, and, and that's the way people, but they did it kind of, I'm sure out of the kindness of their heart, but in, in, in my siblings, you know, I think some of them might've kind of adopted that like feel sorry yeah. for me attitude yeah and the differences of our lives and where we became is totally different like i always identified myself as a professional athlete i just never went pro <laughs> <laughs> so i mean prove me wrong i don't know <laughs> you know I, I just didn't want to go pro you know it's like and and but it's it's funny i i really identified to myself i've identified myself like that i feel like i would always say yeah if I went the distance, if I applied myself, I could have been a professional athlete. Now there's no way of telling yes or no with that, but in my mind, it had always rang true and it always made me athletic my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I always, I kind of lived up to that expectation of a hat for myself because I always identified that as myself. Don't feel sorry for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm a professional athlete. And I'm actually Clark Kent. No one knows. <laughs> but it's true. It's like the way you think, man, the way you think really like becomes your outcome. And if you 100%. think depressive thoughts, you're going to end up, you know, not feeling too hot. Do you I think that's a pretty awesome point too, Dom of um, my dad went through something very similar to you. He lost his dad when he was 16 and he's kind of voiced very similar things to me. They used to frustrate him like that. Then when, people kind of almost pitied him in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I wonder that kind of brings up the point that like when people go through really traumatic situations like that, maybe like the best way to help someone cope is obviously some empathy for what they're going through, but also some tough love at the same time of like, maybe use this as fuel in some way, not to sound morbid about it, but you know, maybe it's, just it's totally hard. feeling as far as for some, for someone actually does them more injustice than it does, you know, a positive for them. It's, I think it's very hard and it's a very like, it's a very like gray area because I've been like that to my siblings mm -hmm. and I've been like that because of my situation. I've treated people that way. I didn't want people to feel sorry for me. So I don't feel sorry for them. I encourage them. I'm like, let's get up. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's like, all right, this is going to make you stronger. Let's, let's make meaning out of this that empowers you. Let's, let's do something with this, you know? And, and sometimes people get offended by that. Yeah. Sometimes people are like, you don't just, you just don't understand. <laughs> You've never been through what I've been through, you know? And it's like, and they really get mad at you in a way. Like, you know, you just, uh, you don't have any compassion. It's like, no, I do. That's, I actually love you. That's why I'm being honest with you. Yeah. 
yeah, know, this is why I want you to be able to don't work really through. understand, you know, it's like, you know, it's, but, you know, it, it, I don't know, it's just weird how, how people interpret things, you know, it is. You hear what you yeah. want to hear. See what and you I, I went through a similar thing used on like my mom didn't die, but she like abandoned me when I was eight. She just disappeared out of my life. And so it was similar, but I felt like I was, I kind of got over it. I'm like, she's gone. You know, at first I was sad and I was gone, but it fucking pissed me off that anything that I did in my life, my, my dad and his wife, which became like my mom, it was always, this is because your mom left. You know, I'm like, fuck you. No, I'm just acting out because I'm acting out. Like it has nothing to do with that. You know, quit telling me that it has anything to do with that. Cause it doesn't, you know, like I was so annoyed with that all the time. I'm like, I'm, I'm over that personally. Like if it, if it did have any effect in my life, it was, it was other things. Like I definitely had some like insecurity around girls. I would always feel like they were going to leave me. I feel like that, that kind of made it play. But like when I was a kid, like everybody would always be like, Oh, it's cause your mom left, you know? I'm like, no, it's not. I was so annoyed. I was always so mad that people tried to give me that crutch. But no, that, that that's exactly why you were probably able to become a doctor because when you realized that you can go in a different direction, you were like, no, I'm responsible enough to take a different direction. If you always, if you identified yourself as being such a way because your mom left, you would just be immobilized. You'd be like, no, I can't because my mom left me. I can't no. do that. Cause it, it's like, you were like, and the same thing would happen to me. All the stupid decisions I made, I realized like I made a stupid decision. Like that was, that was all me. It had nothing to do with my mom dying. Like, right. <laughs> I, I had a choice there, you know? Yeah. And, and when you, but when you, and, that, and that's another thing too, taking responsibility of your own actions, you have to be able to own your stuff. You know, Jocko Willicks, whatever his name is there, he, he talks about that. Just ownership. You have to own your decisions. Yeah. You know, when you do that, you can direct, you can get up and go work out in the morning. You can go out and take care of yourself. You can do all that stuff. And it, and it's like, you know, we see what we see here, like, you know, working at Merrick, um, you know, people that kind of, we see a lot of incredibly successful people. Like I, I see a lot of guys that are like just driven and they inspire me and mm -hmm. they, they have so much going on in their life and they just get to a point where they're like in their forties and they're just, they just can't do the output anymore. They're like, and I'm slowing down, man. I, I can't slow down yet. I'm just getting going, you know, and they have that mentality and you do the blood work and stuff. And then, you know, you see that those guys sometimes they'll, they'll thrive off of like testosterone. They'll thrive off the treatment. And they'll just continue to become better. But then there's always once in a while you see a guy that's just, you know, can't get out of the house, can't work out, overweight, doesn't want to do anything and thinks he has low testosterone. And he's like, I think testosterone is going to get me to work out. I'm like, no, yeah. man, it, testosterone is going to be your life on steroids. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not good. It's just going to be, you know, be yeah, all you, the only thing we're going to do is add it, you having to inject. And then, you know, if you continue, you're just going to be injecting. That's the only thing we're adding in. And then you're just going to continue to sit on your ass and you're going to continue to eat the same food. Like it, I, I don't know why people don't realize that if you just inject yourself with that, nothing magical happens whatsoever, nothing whatsoever yeah. at all, nothing will yeah. change, yeah. you know, like the only thing that's going to change is that you're now poking yourself with a needle. And yeah. I mean, I have literally been like, I have literally been working out and eating better than 99% of the population, but I'd hit my cap and then I added in more drugs, but because I didn't change my work ethic, I didn't change my protocol and I didn't add more calories in and things and my body didn't change. So, you know, I know that there's, you can abuse drugs and not change anything. And uh, it's just an aside, like, I hate that mentality that, 
all I need is testosterone to get going. Like, no, you need to get going and everything first. And then testosterone can be an awesome tool to help you to continue that. But unless you learn that first, and unless you can do it without it, it's probably going to be pretty tough to, you know, really make any progress with this drug. Yeah. Well, and to Dom's point, those guys that you're talking about, guys and girls, both that are already highly successful and really just basically needing that replenishment to keep them going, that fire has already been burning for years. You're basically just adding back a little fuel to it. Whereas the people that are looking for that, they haven't even built the foundation or laid down the wood to even start that fire yet. And they're trying to go from zero. Yeah. Yeah. And it can those, help. Yeah. 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 Those, those just, people, those people, go ahead. those, those people, like you get so excited to help them out. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. And that's when you love what you're doing. You're like, oh, man, I know this is going to be a game changer for you. Right? Yeah. It can also help, though, too. Like, it, it can be. And sometimes my hope always, and I know, Dom, you've heard me say it a million times, like, this is the catalyst that starts everything that the fact that you are going to be injecting and you've put all this money into lab work and you've taken the time to meet with Dom and meet with myself and get the health coaching. I hope that this is all the catalyst that starts it. And that's my hope always is that the testosterone can help to fuel the behavior. But if you are coming into it, thinking that it's just the testosterone, that's 100% going to change everything. You're, you're very mistaken. It's going to be just a tool to help you to work a little bit harder. Yeah. I think it's um, important too, that, you know, we, we address it like that a lot of the advertisement for testosterone, since it's become a big thing has been geared towards no energy, Hmm. low libido <laughs> you must have low testosterone come and get your your injections you know yeah it's everywhere billboards and commercials and everybody's got a testosterone booster supplement and all this other stuff and they make it so much about that yep. you know because it's it's being sold and people don't understand that you know you're being sold in a way it's a great it's a great drug and i'm glad we're able to use it i use it every day i'm an everyday injector myself but uh, you know it's like you get to a point where like if you if you just think that it's going to be that testosterone that's going to change your mindset it's not going to happen i don't i don't foresee that happening you have to change the mindset and if you're lacking in certain areas it's kind of like you know you get a you know lifestyle you know nutrition fitness you got to get the low hanging fruit first you know, the, the, and then start addressing more of the pharmacology later on. Like it, it's like, that's kind of like in the, in the equation, but it's not the first thing you do. You don't add pharmacology yeah. to change the other things because no. it very seldom works. And that's why Josh and I wanted to start this. Cause you know, we, we had taught just like you and I talked, Dom, like in after before patient stuff, like just like we need to start a podcast because so many people due to the advertising and everything are just thinking that, you know, you need to hop straight to either TRT or even more like steroids. And that's another huge issue with like the advertising is they've always got the guys who are on steroids, not TRT <laughs> advertising TRT and saying they're on TRT. And I'm like, you do realize like TRT is testosterone replacement, replacing to a normal physiologic level, like therapy. It's not putting you into superhuman levels. And so for a guy who has low hypogonadal symptoms, you know, he's, he has low testosterone. If we replace it back to where it should be, that's going to be game changing. It's going to be, you know, amazing. But if you take a guy who has normal levels and you make normal, it's just a little bit higher normal probably not going to feel a damn thing. And now you've just committed to a life of injecting and wasting money. Like that sucks, but yeah, it's the advertising man. And, and that's like, that's where the evidence guys hate, hate this stuff too, is because it's like, 
you throw out enough like nondescript kind of symptoms out there. Like, have you ever been tired? Have you ever not been motivated? You know, like you need my product. And it's like, everybody has gone through that. You know, that's what I tell people too. Like, dude, your testosterone's fine. Your insulin's sky high. Your LDL is crazy. I know you're eating like shit. You know, you're pre-diabetic. These are the things, but people are like, no, I'm convinced it's that in 599 testosterone. I heard 600 is what you need. No, bro. It's because you have a six A1C and you're pre-diabetic and you haven't worked out for the past three years. You know, you're sitting inside, you're not getting any sunlight. You don't have good um, like relationships, you know, all this kind of stuff is, is it, it's not the testosterone. Yeah. yeah. When you've developed those habits of being the person who is not committed to their health, like you were saying, you live into kind of becoming the habits that you live out on a day-to-day basis. And I feel like for so many people that we see sometimes, I'm like, if I could just get you to commit to anything for three months, those small little wins that you start to accrue on a day-to-day basis, that would make you feel better than any amount of testosterone probably that I could give you, right? And they've never, a lot of people, I don't think have ever even experienced what that's like just to commit to something, Uh, just as simple as, you know, getting their diet a little more in check and like how empowering that can be. Um, And that's definitely lost nowadays. Well, I do think... I think that's where like for those guys, something like increasing their testosterone can be beneficial because it becomes like this snowball effect, this downward vicious cycle where your lifestyle has, you know, increased your insulin, your inflammation, et cetera, et cetera, your body fat. And then that has lowered your testosterone. And now your drive to do anything for that has completely gone. And now you're just getting even unhealthier and your testosterone is going even lower. So it spirals out of control. And unfortunately, a lot of people need that boost in the testosterone. And that's what we can do. And I understand that I'm always sympathetic to that. I'm like, in a perfect world, we would just get you to change your diet and start exercising everything right now. I understand that you feel like you can barely even get out of bed right now. So telling you to start working out every single day is a huge ask. And so maybe we can give you a little bit of fuel, but you need to understand that it's simply the fuel it's simply a tool and it's not going to do the work for you. It's just going to help you to do the work and recover a little bit better and put in the work. Cause if you continue your same lifestyle and you stay in bed, you keep playing video games, you keep watching porn all day, you keep eating junk food, nothing's going to change. You know, you're just going to have higher testosterone and do all the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, a person's confidence, I think will affect his testosterone as well. Yeah. If you take a low position in life, for instance, or if you have you're maybe in a building stage, you don't have that good of a job, uh, you don't feel good about yourself, you're not doing anything that you want to do, you're not exercising, you're not happy with you see what you look in the mirror, you're not happy to you know go by the swimming pool, you don't feel confident with women, all that stuff's going to affect your hormones negatively as well, you know. And I always think the starting point to changing that is number one, don't let yourself down, stick to your commitments, mm-hmm. start working out. Start building muscle because I think no matter what, if you start doing that consistently, you start building muscle, you'll start building confidence. And when you stop lying to yourself, like you stop letting stop letting yourself down by showing up, you know, that builds confidence. And then when you start getting more confident, you might be like, hey, you know, I'm better than this job. You know, I could do a little more than this. And I actually like working out. Maybe I'll be a trainer. And then you start training people and then all of a sudden you're around a bunch of beautiful women that like hanging out with you and then your know, confidence builds up a little more. And you, just, you know, it's like it, it, could, it could cascade into other things, but it's like taking the first step to learning to build confidence in yourself. But if, yeah. like you said, if you're sitting around the house, feeling sorry for yourself, watching porn, you know, depleting everything that drives you, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and 
man, I can't imagine someone having high testosterone under those circumstances. No. When all of our stories are very similar in that sense, and that it was just, hey, one day we decided I'm going to start doing this. It wasn't perfect. Like you were saying, Dom, from 20 to 25, I didn't nail it every day, but I just started going with it. And that cascaded into obviously where we're at today. It took us all in different paths and somewhat similar, um, but it all just starts with day one. And Adam mentioned it earlier, like people look at us sometimes and think, oh, you know, I could never be like that. It's like, well, I'm really not that different from you. I just chose to make that choice 10, 15 years ago, uh, just like you chose to not make that choice. And that's compounded for 10 to 15 years, just in the opposite effect. Yeah, exactly. Just like you said, the the one, you know, 1% or even a fraction of a percent every single day adds up, you know, it's the, those marginal gains. It also goes the other way, you know, I, back when I had a YouTube channel previously, I made that where I, I like started out on the floor with a little pile of dirt. And I was like, you see these crumbs? Like the other day I spilt something on my floor and I didn't pick it up. And then the next day I didn't pick it up. And it's, you know, my whole, my kitchen floor looks messy now because every single day I kept putting it off. And so every day that you fuck up a little bit, you get worse and worse and worse and worse. And that compounds, you know, you get this compounding interest of fucking up and messing up your life. And it can go the other way too. And it can go both. And and you have to keep doing it. Like, I love the, uh, the saying, like, pay the man, you know, like what you just because you did something before Dom, just because you worked out and you were a badass. And you know, when you were 25, if you want to continue doing that now, you got to keep working. Like, who cares what you were when you were 25? You know, you got to keep showing up every single day. You get the rents due every day. There was a lot of badasses when I was a teenager that I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm still going. Some of those guys are in the grave now. And, you know, it's like, no, I'm still going, man. I'm still going. I'm still working like that. And I told a patient, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention something similar to what you're saying is that I think when we tell ourselves something, um, you know, when we make a commitment to ourselves and we don't follow through with it, we let ourselves down in the same way that if I did not show up to this podcast today, I would have let you down. If I said I was going to be here and I didn't show up, and then an hour later, I'm saying, oh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, you know, my wife said, and you'd be like, okay, cool. Maybe his wife did that. And then you'd invite me next week. And then I don't show up again next week. You know, I'd be like, oh, I don't know, Josh. I don't know what's wrong with this dude, you know? And you guys start to lose trust. And maybe you invite me back one more time. But that one more time, if I don't show up again, like it's already lost. You're just not going to trust me anymore. But we do the same to ourselves because that's our nature. Like we, like, if, but if you lie to yourself, you can't get away with it. You know it. You can't make yeah. an excuse to yourself. You can, but you know, if I, listen, I'm going to start on Monday and you don't start on Monday, you let yourself down, you know, it, it, just the same way that you wouldn't trust me anymore. You stop trusting yourself. And I think that's what happens. A lot of people, they just stop trusting themselves. It's they so stop true. trying. 100%. They, You're firing me up this afternoon, Dom. They don't even want to try anymore getting chills over here it was literally uh-huh. the, the same conversation victoria and i had earlier i was talking to her about there was a a time in my life when i knew that i needed to make a change i almost got overtly cocky and um probably was like a little bit like a douchebag like the only music i listened to was like hype music like about being a badass and i just crushed it in every single thing that i did and i had overt confidence almost cocky like confidence because i had to take that on because i knew i was coming from nothing And I just had to take on this personality of like, I'm going to fucking crush everything. And I'm amazing. I'm a warrior and I will always succeed. And I'm, you know, an animal. And I, even though I wasn't, I just tell myself that every day the music, I listened to the podcast, I listened to everything was motivating. 
and I, I excelled, you know, I, I went from having F's in college to doing all those classes over and getting an A in every single class that I ever took in undergrad, because I, you know, I had that confidence. I had to show up for myself every single day. And I convinced myself, I, I lied to myself that I was amazing. And I, you know, just like you're talking about, if you lie to yourself enough times, you let yourself down, but you can also do, you can trick yourself the other way too. And you can tell yourself you're better than you are. And eventually you end up being that person. You know, you told yourself that enough, you become this person. We lie to ourselves all the time anyway. We're always lying to ourselves. Whether we say we're not good enough, we are good enough. We're lying to ourselves because there's no evidence either way. You know, it's like people just are so comfortable lying negatively about themselves rather than saying, hey, look, I'm going to crush everything. I'm a beast. I'm Superman. I'm literally Clark Kent. No one knows. I'm Superman. (laughs) I know this. No one knows. Like, it's like when you feel like that and you treat yourself like that, you can convince yourself to kind of act like that, you know, and it, it, you know, there was a great book that I read years ago and you guys might be familiar with it. It's called the, as a man think it mm-hmm. by James Allen. It's such a small read, but man, it's a, it's a life changer, man. And it's just as a man think it, then his heart. So he is, you yeah. know, so whatever it is you want to think about yourself, if, if at first you don't have the confidence to lie to yourself, you know, think things that empower you, not disempower you. It's very important to do that because we can easily, easily come up with reasons. Oh, I'm a failure. I never follow through. I, my mom is mad at me and my dad doesn't like me. And you can think all this stuff. But if you create situations, create thoughts in your head that empower you, I am Superman. I am a beast. I am this. I'm going to crush it. And man, you start to do that and it just changes your whole world. It, it, it does amazing i mean you know we talk about manifesting all three of us have said and i've like victoria always tells me i manifest things or she tells me that it's because i have such a positive outlook on everything and i'm never fearful and i'm always just positive internally and i think there's like you can actually look at it from a scientific standpoint too like in social psychology like self-fulfilling prophecy is a real thing because if you believe something enough it doesn't necessarily mean you know, the universe or whatever, you can believe that too, but there's actual like observable science there that if you believe something hard enough or you, you set your sights on that, you start to subconsciously make little changes in your life. You start telling yourself like, I'm super successful. I'm super successful. I'm going to, I'm going to have all this money and stuff. You subconsciously make decisions. You start waking up a little bit earlier. You start drinking Mm -hmm. more water. You start eating a little better. You know, you start working a little bit harder than everybody else self-consciously. And then someday you go, Oh, I manifested these millions of dollars, but, and maybe you did, but I think that it's because you told yourself and you stayed positive and you made self subconsciously, you told yourself enough that you made all these little changes that, you know, led to a self-fulfilling prophecy. It it wasn't standing in the mirror chanting it every day. It was actually taking actionable steps. There's a huge difference there. And I know we've talked about the manifestation thing a lot, but yeah, I think it's super, super powerful. And again, it just builds confidence over time because you get five years down the road and can look back and be like, hey, you know what? At the end of the day, sure, none of us accomplish anything on our own. But had I not had that idea or that drive to go after that five, 10 years ago, and here I am now accomplishing that, I would never be here. Yeah. yeah. Our, uh, it's magnetism. Our, our yeah. brain, our thoughts of magnets. So whatever it is we think and focus on, especially emotionally, when we focus on it emotionally, we draw that into our life like a magnet and it knows no boundaries. It doesn't care if it's positive or negative. It'll draw that. You're an unlucky person. You think that you'll draw the worst of the luck. And it's just that positive mindset that becomes magnetic 
to draw those opportunities into your life and create new situations and then building confidence and knowing that you have the capability of doing it. Man. Exactly. And then go out and act on it. You know, it's uh, like you said, Josh, not just, I hate this generation too, because they're really big into this stuff, like manifestation and everything, but they, they don't understand what that actually means. What they think is that you can write yourself or read affirmations or chant in the mirror. Like I'm special, but no, you have to do the work too. <laughs> Like, I like that, uh, like Alex Ramosi talks about, like, do so much work for a long enough period of time that it would be unreasonable that you want to be successful. You know, mm -hmm. like if you show up to the gym day after day after day for 15 years, it's literally going to be unreasonable for you to not have, you know, change your physique. And if you do that for long enough in anything that you do, you're going to be successful. Yeah. And you, I like that you say the I'm special thing, because in reality, I think it's just the opposite is having enough humility to realize none of us really are anything special at the end of the day. So it's all going to be about the work that I put in for 99% of us. Uh, so, you know, hanging your hat on that, that I'm essentially going to do so much that in whatever, whatever avenue it is, I'm trying to be successful. It's undeniable. Someday along the way, someone's going to recognize that and be like, holy shit, this guy has been grinding for years and there's no one else can challenge it at that point. Exactly. And then how I hate too that people have developed this this whole thought about like, you know, America, like the 1%, we're never going to be like that. Well, what if you were? Like, what if you did make that and how much, how cooler would you, how fucking awesome would you feel if you knew that you came from nothing and got mm -hmm. to the level of the Kardashians who just had things handed to them? You know, like everybody talks about like, oh, if, if you're not born into it these days, the American dream doesn't exist. Prove them wrong then. That's my plan yeah. to do. I yeah. think I have. I've proved that wrong. The American dream can definitely, you know, like we talked about in that one podcast, I went from literally being homeless on the street to that mom that was homeless on the street with me, then abandoned me. And yeah, I didn't just have to start there. I had other things help me, but I didn't have anybody pay for my college. I didn't have any, you know, and I, I made it. So fuck it. The American dream does exist because I put the work in. The American dream never said that everybody's going to wake up rich. The American dream said that if you work your ass off and you make smart decisions, like you can, you can excel. So yeah, I mean, if you just work your ass off at McDonald's forever and you never make the smart decisions to take the managerial position and then take the franchise opportunity and then buy the next franchise, yeah, you're not going to live up to the American dream. There has to be some intelligence there too, obviously. It's not just hard work. Sure, I get that. There's other things in there, but I think the, that it does exist. That's the great thing about our country too, is that it does still exist. Mm -hmm. it, it does still exist if you just apply yourself and i think we live in a time now where if you are ambitious if you do have that drive and that fire in you you probably have more opportunity now because it's probably less competition yeah you, know? <laughs> you get yeah. The, you get that good foundation and, and anybody any color any creed any background anybody has the opportunity it's just really a, a willingness and a knowing that you're capable of doing it and you know society will want to make you think that because you're x y and z you can't do this or that there's some boogeyman in the closet holding you back, you know, and that boogeyman yeah. in the closet, the only boogeyman in the closet holding you back is you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like all I see all the time, you know, my generation talking about, well, when my parents got married, you know, they bought their first house for $40,000 and my dad only made $50,000 a year. And now houses are 700,000 and, and I only make a hundred, you know, and I'm like, cool. That sounds like an awesome challenge to me. How much cooler would it be than when my parents bought their house? If I buy my first house, you know, just look at it different, yeah. change your view about things. Like yeah. 
you're not going to change that inflation sucks. Everything sucks, you know, but who cares? Like make it a challenge. It's cooler to me. Now, if I buy my house, the only thing that that statement tells me is that it's more of an achievement when I buy my house than when my dad bought his house. Yeah. And on that same note, I look at it too, that nowadays there's so many more avenues than probably my parents or their generations had to even be successful. Sure. Things may be more expensive, but I probably have far more opportunities out there to make that next step up in income or whatever it may be. So there's both sides of the coin coin there too. Mm -hmm. And then the mentality of maintaining flexibility through these changing times. A lot of times they're like, well, my industry is closing up and it's like, you gotta make, look at what we're doing now. Like we're just sitting here and we're able to communicate with each other, have a good time hanging out with each other through zoom, you yeah. know, and this yeah. is going to be aired and you know, some people are going to see this and it's like, we, there's new opportunities always coming out where there's, you know, change, but remaining flexible through the times, yeah. you know, that there's always going to be new good opportunities. And right now it sounds like I haven't found my millions yet, but it sounds like there's a lot of great ways to make it. Well, who cares? You tell yourself you're a millionaire anyways. You're oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a superhero. millionaire who just doesn't have millions. I'm as rich as can be. I, 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 can't <laughs> so. I mean, it's not all about the money too. Money's not success. And I know we, everybody talks that and that's cliche, but it's definitely true. I mean, Dominic, when I talk to you, I feel like you are, you're rich, you know, you've got, you've got, I don't know how many kids you have too many. Yeah. Call me Abraham. Abraham's my nickname. <laughs> you have all kinds of kids. You got a beautiful wife. You're super happy. Like you've got self-fulfillment, which is probably, I think your, your buddy that was the seal washing himself in the, in the hangar. Like he had, he probably had a lot of self-development and was better off than a lot of guys who have millions, you know, just because the self-development is huge. Like there's a lot of people who might have money, but they haven't figured out themselves and they don't understand that. And to me, that's unsuccessful. Yeah. That guy is, you know, he lives very modestly and he's been one of my greatest mentors and teachers. And and the things he says just kind of like sticks on you and it just manifests and talk about manifestation. It grows over the years. It's like, man, I remember him telling me that 15 years ago. And it's like, it just grows and it, the words, you know, hold power. And, and he's just, it's nothing, you know, he doesn't even want anybody to know his name. Yeah. You know? I'm like, dude, you, people got to know you, man. You like the modern Bruce Lee. And he's like, he's like, no, no, whatever. You know, it's awesome. Pursuit, you know? And how yeah, I mean, awesome that you get to pass that along to patients at Merrick too, Dom. I mean, I think that's the probably something we didn't even have touched on yet about how valuable it is, is that obviously we're getting to help people along with anything treatment wise that they need, but just the nuggets of wisdom and knowledge that they're getting from working with somebody like you. I mean, it's very evident talking to you for five minutes, how hard you work, you know, all the things that you're sharing with us, it just kind of like bleeds through you. Um, So, I mean, who knows how many people's lives you're changing just from the relationship that you get to gain with them through what we do at Merrick. Yeah, thank you so much. It's, pretty true. You, it's like it, we just we feed off each other, right? There have been so many people that have just affected my life in so many positive ways. And it's like, man, you just want to be able to give that same thing back. Yeah. You know, it's about servicing. And we we're all in the service industry. You know, it's how many people can we serve? And it's like when somebody makes such a difference, it's nothing about me. You know, yeah. I, I owe everything to God, but it's like, you know, when you you gotta give back to your fellow man and like all these gems that you've been given to you, it's like you can't hold them. Like, yeah. oh man like hot potatoes hey you gotta have some of this (laughs) and we meet a lot of cool people too like there's been a lot of guys who have changed me 
I just had an awesome dude yesterday who's my my favorite. Uh, he's like 78 years old. He's the coolest dude. Man, I was like, I was texting Victoria, like, he's my favorite. And she's like, he sounds cute. And you do too. Like she could hear it in my voice how happy I was just to, <laughs> to meet with this guy. He's awesome. You know, he he's one who was like, he actually, he was, you know, 78 or whatever. So his testosterone has obviously crashed, but he still wants to live that life. He's recovering from a stroke. You know, he's, he needed it and he feels so good now. He's like, you know, my physical therapy is going awesome. I'm balancing well. I, I got my motivation back. I've always been so motivated and driven and I didn't want to lose that. And the stroke made me lose it. It was just so cool to talk to him. And then I've had other people who have just like, Oh, like one guy in particular, it was like that. I think I told you Dom that day, it was the craziest thing where this poor man, he was like a little bit older than me. And he had his son was hit by a car. I think, and then was in a vegetative state for like five years or something like that. And they basically had the son in the living room. They had hospice there and he nursed him for five years. And that was his whole life. So this guy, the dad got out of shape, obviously, because his whole life was just, you know, feeding, wiping, taking, medicating his son for five years. His son finally passed and he told himself like, this is a time for me. I let myself get out of shape. I need to be here now for my wife and my other kids and myself. And so I want to get fit and healthy. First thing he did was sign up with Merrick and get labs. He also decided to just on a whim because he heard on a podcast like this, that maybe you should give a stool sample and get your, your colon checked and look for colon cancer and found out that he had colon cancer, like a pretty severe amount of colon cancer himself. And I was like, that just fucking wrecked me. I almost wanted to start crying when he was talking to me. But it like changed me in such a profound way because, you know, we, we take for granted all the, the amazing things we have every day, you know, and how, how fricking, uh, fragile life is, you know, it could all be taken from you in an instant. And so I feel I, every day, I feel grateful, you know, every day when I wake up next to Victoria, I'm so grateful that she's there. I have another human to experience life with. I don't have kids, but I've got my dog and I freaking love the shit out of that little critter. You know, I'm just like so happy every day to see him. I'm just like, this is life is amazing. I try to love every second of it. And I don't early on in the podcast, you talked about like, you know, a guy pulls out in front of you and, and can ruin your day. I try to remember shit like that. Like, man, things could be so much worse. Am I really going to let the next five hours of my day be bad because some dude flipped me off. And another little trick I've taught myself is guys have pulled out in front of me before I've been mad about this before. And I can't remember any of those instances anymore. You know, I'm going to get over this. Let's just do it now. Cause eventually I'm going to forget about this. You know, if, if Victoria pisses me off, I'm like, I've been mad at her before and it's past. I can't remember any time. So it, it was obviously useless. Let's just forget about it and go on about enjoying life. You know? Yeah. It's kind of a, you know, I was thinking today at the gym too, there's like four pillars, right? There's a uh, spiritual development. I think is incredibly important. And that'll get you through those times that you just talked about with that guy, because it's how unfair life can be to some people. And you can never tell how it's going to happen, who it's going to happen. If you don't have any spiritual connection or understanding or any spiritual development, man, that table is going to fall over. Right. And then there's physical development and this going to your, your training and your nutrition and learning how to take care of yourself physically you know, um, and then uh, personal development and we're always trying to be better at whatever it is, our craft and just becoming learning how to have better relationships with people, how to be a better father, how to be a better boyfriend, how to be a better girlfriend and just learning how to, you know, just developing ourselves as people and then 
uh, relationship development. And I think these four pillars here would make us solid, you know, and, and kind of unbreakable in a way, you know, and if we're missing any of these four pillars, it's like a table without a leg. You know, obviously if there's a couple missing, that table is not going to have any integrity. If it's missing one leg, it's going to lack integrity, you know, and it's just based off of those four things, but you know, we never know what's going to happen in life. And right now, all of us here, I think we're all pretty blessed, you know, to have what we have. Um, but you know, that you can, could very well turn to what that guy has and if we don't have that spiritual connection that spiritual development you know it could break a man you know and you know without as we mentioned mentioned earlier is that belief and faith and hope you know what all these fundamental principles as us as human beings when we lose that you know we i mean what more is we're more than just just you know animals you know yeah, yeah. we have a connection but i think those four pillars uh what makes us solid yeah and i think the spiritual pillar there too dom to your point about the hope and it we lose i think and we see it so much today that connection with our fellow man and woman because you almost stop you lose the ability to see yourself and other people too when stuff like that happens um and you just start kind of viewing everybody through this lens as the other from you and not realizing that Hey, that could have easily been me flipping someone off or acting that way because I have no idea what's going on in the background. And it's just sad to see nowadays because I feel like we all just kind of move and not us, you know, in this chat per se, but so many people just kind of interact with others as they are just other and not realizing that, hey, that could be your brother, your sister, anyone else in your life too. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah, we're all connected. Yeah, we're all the same. We're all the same. We all want and need the same things, man. Exactly. Yeah. I think that all the time, man. There's so many humans that live who have. Yeah, I don't know. I I trip out on philosophy and stuff like that. Just this morning at breakfast, we're looking. I just looked at a random guy, and I'm like, man, he's just got his whole universe that I have no idea about. You know, he goes yeah. off and has a family and a job, and it's just wild that every single little human is their own little micro universe. We all ex- we're all together, and it's crazy. I could trip out on that stuff for hours. Yeah. yeah. But we all and are even the people, the people you have relation. I mean, I even think about like with my wife sometimes, like she had a whole life before I met her, you know, and like there's things that will occur in our relationship. I'm sure that are her acting a certain way is a result of things that I have no idea about, just like everybody else that we interact with. There's so many ex- experiences that I can't even begin to imagine because I haven't lived their life. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, good stuff, guys. Should we cut it off? Encourage me today. I know. That's good. We're probably going to go over. We should probably stop here pretty soon and let the people get a break. It's been some heavy shit. Yeah, it was good (laughs) stuff. Well, I got my my boys got a uh, belt test today for their uh, karate jujitsu. Nice. What what color are they? Uh, In karate, they're going to be orange belts. What is that like third? That's third, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So they do awesome. Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then like a, there's like a blend of karate, judo and jiu-jitsu. That's awesome. How old are they? So I have a seven-year-old, I have two six-year-olds and I have a four-year-old. Man, he's, got that's a, awesome. he's got a zero-year-old too. And I got, a, I, got, I got another one coming. Those are four boys. And I got another girl coming. Congratulations, brother. Man, seriously. I mean, they're lucky to have somebody like you. I mean, to have those values instilled nowadays, like, you're making you're making sure that the world doesn't fall to hell in the handbag by providing them with all that. 
Yeah, we hope so, man. <laughs> you know, you don't know until they grow up. And then when they grow up, you'll find out everything you did wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I was we like, you that won't talk. like this. <laughs> we had that talk already on this podcast. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. I will uh, end it here and we'll see you guys in the next one. Uh, great seeing you guys. Have a great day. Thanks.